What happened yesterday, dear? So, um, yesterday I was told that I have cervical cancer. That sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. We spent, uh, we spent most of yesterday surprisingly not uh, crying and wailing and gnashing of teeth, but rather uh, with quite a bit of uh, black humor, wouldn't you say? I, I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that. Um, but, but I think what is still true, though, is that it's a pretty heavy thing to hear and what was particularly frustrating in our case was how we found out about it which was just not the way that one should ever find out that they have cancer i don't care what kind it is it was definitely as i like to say suboptimal suboptimal is a very delicate way of putting it yes it was suboptimal um you just went in for a regular checkup to your regular uh your regular doctor did a regular checkup, the one that everyone's supposed to get. Yeah, pap smear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you just always assume if there's news, they'll call you. So if they haven't called you, that probably means that they don't have anything yet. Right. Right. We got a call from the oncology doctor's office wanting to schedule an appointment. Oncology Bef- is a cancer doctor. Right. Right. Before I heard from my OBGYN. So effectively, this this poor woman calls and, and she says, oh, um, this is, you know, Dr. XYZ. And um, so, oh, I'd like to schedule your appointment. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. And I'm like, wait, who is Dr. XYZ again? And she's like, oh, he's the oncology doctor. We were referred, to, you know, you were referred to us by your doctor. Wait, are you telling me I have cancer? You can almost see her saying, oh crap, you mean they didn't tell you, you know? With a day, like a day of distance between us and this, that is pretty epic. Like, yeah. When it's, all it's... this is over, that's a pretty good story. I mean, <laughs> hey, this is so-and-so from the cancer doctor. We want to make your appointment. And you're just like, what? I'm going to need more than a day of distance. I think I'm still going to need a week. Yeah, but it, 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 it will be funny later. But um, it was, you know, I was just like, wow, okay. You know, the how you find out doesn't change the news. The news is bad. I mean, I made the comment about humor. We spent the rest of the day. I mean, I was like, should I update my Facebook to say it's complicated? <laughs> Wait, that's like, unfunny. That's like, horrible. Like, it's a little soon for that. <laughs> okay. So the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. We definitely felt denial, but my anger, anger is supposed to be what happens when you realize that denial can't continue and you have to start kind of facing this thing. I guess I was less angry about the cancer itself and more angry at the way we found out about it. The idea that the appointment scheduler called us to schedule the appointment. You know what I mean? I mean, like, imagine if you, like, discovered you had AIDS or just anything bad. 
you know, hi, this is so-and-so from the Diabetes Center. You have diabetes. Like, whoa, who, what, huh? Who is this? What? I mean, what the hell? Oh, the backpedaling. I mean, you could almost hear, like, the spokes on the bicycle spinning as she started, oh, oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm so, uh, uh, you can't stop now. I mean, so we <laughs> we wanted to get information from from the scheduler. We're like, well, wait a second. What kind of cancer? Where? Like, what what stage? What? Oh, I'm just a scheduler. Well, then what did you tell us we had cancer for? You you can't go. You, don't ever call anybody and tell them that they've got something wrong if you can't back it up with like <laughs> paperwork and charts and graphs and a freaking PowerPoint presentation about what went wrong. Well, I'm just a scheduler. Well, so, oh, I mean, we, we don't like being, and this is the other thing. <laughs> Here's a, this is like a total classic, kind of like Mo and Scott, because we really believe you should be nice to people, right? So we're like yelling at the scheduler, but also really worried about her feelings because we've just learned that we have cancer, but we don't want her to lose her job. So we're like, oh, it's, we know it's not you. We know it's not you. But really, we need to talk to a doctor right now. I know, but, you know, just hang in there. You know, I'm sorry that you that this has happened to you. And that's us saying that. We're sorry that this has happened to you. We cancer people are sorry that you, scheduler, have been put in the situation where you would tell us that we have cancer. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what that is reflection there's some psychological thing with it anyway we were very worried about her feelings and then ended up becoming lovely friends with her um i assume that she probably will not <laughs> tell anyone else that they have cancer uh, over the phone well you know so the uh, the kids are asleep and tomorrow we go to the oncologist. This is the actual cancer doctor, not the initial regular female doctor that we talked to. Right. How do you feel? I am okay. I'm doing okay. It's been a week since you found out you had cancer? And some change, yeah. Pretty pretty surreal. Mm-hmm. Have you changed your behavior at all? I see you're enjoying a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> You still you still eating crap sitting around the house? <laughs> That's right. Still, still fat and sassy. <laughs> really? You didn't go like straight to Whole Foods? <laughs> That's right. Like other normal people would. I, I just assume that we would yeah, go get pumpkin seeds and hummus and I don't know what people no who way, have I'm cancer like, do. They go straight like to it. Like it's got me. It's Too got me. Now, it's got me. Really? Well go fat and sassy. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy that Diet Coke. <laughs> so, I mean, do you feel like it's going to be a big deal or do you feel like... It's going to cramp your style. I mean, yesterday, not yesterday, whenever we talked yesterday, last week on the podcast that we're never going to publish, um, you, this was like the day after you found out. Right. Now we're, we have, we have a week, you know, yes. of, of, of time of behind maturity us. maturity and, yes. and deep thoughts. Like fine wine. Yes. Uh, tomorrow is the first day of school for the children and, right. and, you drop the, we will drop the kids off at school and we will go to the cancer doctor. Right. So one child enters first grade and then you go figure out what's next. Right. right. What do you think will happen? Well, I'm pretty sure that the visit itself will be fine. Um, the, the hard part, I think, in the past week has just been sort of wrapping my head around it. I think we mentioned last time that, you know, I'm not feeling physically ill. So it, it's really hard to kind of 
remember, if you will, that I have cancer. It's like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, there's this giant label. So it, it's hard to kind of wrap my head around that and having that label assigned to me when I'm not feeling sick. So my, my expectation of, of what I thought cancer was, I think, was maybe limited. So this is kind of challenging all those assumptions and what have you. Like, what if you have to get chemo? Uh, Do I have it, to shave my head? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's and, okay. And that's really the biggest concern we have I think right the now. the primary concern is... Will not have to shave his head? Well, yes, considering I'm losing my hair already. I know. I mean, that, isn't this, that, this that is the becomes less significant. You're, you're not so impressed uh, considering I'm losing my hair. Yeah. It's funny, though, that a couple of days afterwards, I immediately started losing my hair. <laughs> like, more than usual. You actually noticed it. You're like, you're losing your hair. I'm like, oh, this is the summer. It's, it's, it's a this stress. This is the summer of bald and stress. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, there hasn't been too much time sort of left over to agonize over it. But yeah, absolutely. I've thought about mortality. I've thought about what happens to these guys. These are the boys of ours. If should, something should happen to me, because heaven forbid, they should be left with only you. We know what a catastrophe that would be. <laughs> well, I mean, they would have snotty noses and their hair oh, would be man. nappy, but otherwise yeah. they'd be fine. And they, no, of course. And, and they would be fine, you know. But I mean, every child really ideally should have both parents. So, yeah, of course. So worried about that. Um, and that's where, you know, I haven't been particularly emotional, no more so than usual apparently you know um who knows what tomorrow we'll find so uh, we'll find out tomorrow after lunch tomorrow yeah all right well we'll be back tomorrow okay sounds good bye thanks What are you going to do? You know, I mean, in, in the truth of the matter is I went in and I hope um, listeners out there hear this message. I went in not because I felt sick or was in any kind of pain at all. It was just a routine. This is what we do. Um, our philosophy has always been, you know, we have phenomenal insurance. Make the most of it. So every year I cart myself off and I go and I get my girly exam, as you call it, you know, and I get my pap done and everything else. And we take the boys into the dentist and the eye doctor and we take you to the, you know, Mm-hmm. get your diabetes checked on a regular basis blah 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 so that that's what i was doing and that's the part i think that was um made it so it felt like it came from nowhere it was completely unexpected you, i mean i i was talking to a buddy of mine you know whose name i won't say who said he hadn't been to the doctor in eight years yeah and i was yeah. just like as a as a culture my family my family culture has always been checkups 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 mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and sometimes people think like we're always going to the doctor but we're not. We're just doing this, doing the, uh, the junket. Yeah. Eyes, teeth, checkup. Eyes, teeth, checkup. You know what I mean? Right. If you hadn't have gone, have gone though, if you hadn't gone to this, it would have been a year or two or three or when. When would you have found this? I mean, I hear with cancer, when it hurts, you're, it's, it's a problem. Typically, by the time you feel the, the, the symptoms in these kinds of cancers, it's, it's, it's too late or pretty darn close to it. So um, if one can say that there is a silver lining to having cancer such as it is, it's it's the catching it early type mm-hmm. of thing. And that definitely is what seems to be the case here. And I'm very thankful for that. So, yeah. What does Wikipedia say your chances are? Death, death is imminent. End it now. <laughs> uh.
It's over. I mean, it's over. <laughs> Dr. Wikipedia is pretty much the first place we went after we called your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, to be fair to my doctor, in spite of his staff and their inability to tell me that I have this thing, you know, but putting that aside. Just putting uh, aside the fact that the actual delivery of you have yeah, cancer came from. Yes. From, from, from an admin. At you least know. it wasn't like a Google calendar invite or something. <laughs> exactly. It could have been can't, much worse. Can, can't blame the, the admin. She was doing her job. Um, but but in my particular case, the survival rates are great. You know, I think 90 was it 95% or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like you that, know? depending yeah, on what stage you're in. Somewhere between yeah. 90 and 97. Yeah. Again, you don't want to get this stuff, but if you have to get it, you definitely don't want to be a stage four. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, better better to be... Well, it's, but this, the way that... turns out, though, the way that they measure those stats are not very comforting because it's kind of like diabetes stats. They say, five years from now, 95% of you will be alive. And you're like, oh my God, that's horrible. That means fully 5% will not be alive. Mm-hmm. And then you have to look at the asterisk that points to the footnote that says this counts just being alive. Like 5% of those people could have been hit by a bus. Right, right. The so cause I mean, of death is not directly linked to the cervical <laughs> so cancer. Yeah. Five, yeah, in, in five years, 95% of people who have this cancer are still alive. But it doesn't say like, and 5% have died from cancer. it. No, yeah, they could have yeah. been hit by an ice cream truck. Right, right. But that's, you know, statistics for you still. Um, again, you know, however they die, 5% is a pretty big number. You know, you think about all the people that that love those individuals, that care about them, the spouses, the kids, the family. It is, you know, the non-trivial number. I mean... I didn't. I didn't expect this, so I didn't walk into the pap saying I've got cancer. I just walked in saying, "Hey, I'm here for my routine routine pap." So, mm-hmm. so once I knew that, um, you know, you think about about you or your spouse, you think about the kids, right? You know, we've got pretty little kids at this moment. That's I mean, they're, they're four and six. You know, and the idea of of having to to think about them not having a mother, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard. You know. Um, little kids need both parents, and so when you when you think about you know I thought about mortality, I thought about crap. I guess it's time to get that will kind of handled. Yeah, you know, sign that. <laughs> They've been waiting on that, but you know, well, you know that kind of thing. So you, you have a lot of thoughts that kind of pass through your mind. But I think who we are, speaking mainly of just Mo and Scott as a couple, is we are fighters. We are tough individuals. We are smart. We are you know you know. So it was like okay, this is surreal. This is unexpected. This is weird. At that point, it was just a shift of, okay, how do you fight? How do you fight? How do you fight? How do you fight? educated we are the better able we are to have the conversations with the doctor with everybody else um and step one for for me was definitely get a second opinion you're like sitting in bed and you're just like now oh, this is inconvenient 
This is going to completely mess up my schedule. It's a bit of a bummer, yes. (laughs) This is done by Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have stuff to do. You know, you're doing, you're going to school and you're, you know, going to start a second career and you're going to go get a third degree and you're off doing something. You're like, oh man, what am I going to do my homework? Exactly. One thing that we do well is that we manage our health very, very well. And I mean, we are all over this, you know, I'm not trying to imply that we are medical doctors by any stretch of the imagination. The limits of Wikipedia and Google, we are that, that, That's right. Exactly. And ER. That's We're at least a ER. resident. That's true. That, that's right. You know, yes. um, but absolutely. I mean, so yeah, I absolutely want to get a copy of that um, pathology oh. report so that I have access to it. If I change mm-hmm. doctors, if I have whatever, I don't want to be lost in the right. shuffle and not have my own data so uh, but when you I, started making those calls last night when you were like saying i want the pathology report I, I bet you that if you could get away with it you would actually want a copy of the slides and a microscope exactly it's my body <laughs> it's my life i, I want to have an understanding uh, of, of what it is that they're doing because i don't want to I, I don't think it's a trivial thing that they just assign a label and move on but mm. you know yes I, I would certainly appreciate more and it's not an easy thing to do so I'm pretty sure that it will be hard to get a copy of that path report and everything else but again it, it's it's early yet you know you just we're, we're hours into hearing the news and it's overwhelming to a certain extent but I like that we're using humor to kind of get ourselves through it because yeah it is pretty devastating uh, again you know uh, I heard cancer and I was not saying woohoo this is awesome I mean I was just thinking my babies what am I going to do you know mm. but my little kids um, uh, and then a mere a short quick you know seven hours later I was like I can do it I can beat this thing so that's where I am um, it'll be interesting to mm. listen to this interview you know two days from now um, mm. and then a month from now and then yeah, yeah. you know and see how much my attitude shifts you know you have something like this it makes you gives you pause makes you reevaluate what's important in life what's not i just haven't gotten any clarity on it yet so i was yeah. somehow hoping that with, with that wouldn't you say it's a reminder though that you're not going to live forever i mean it like, is you know we're we're pushing 40 some of us pushing it harder than others <laughs> and um <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah, but uh you know i don't know i think we still act like we're 24 25 yeah. and uh and like oh crap you know what i mean yeah like i don't know yeah. if we're going to you know, like my dad always says, and I've said this before, like none of us are getting it, getting out of this alive. Uh, my brother had uh, had back surgery recently, and I was sitting in the waiting room with his wife, and she had the comment that it was really uncomfortable because he's the strong one, and now he's unconscious having surgery, and she did not like that feeling she did not like the idea that like the strong one is sick and then i realized sitting there kind of at this un- at this unrelated surgery other than it was a relative while i'm thinking about mo's surgery that damn she's the strong one like in our relationship it 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 doesn't follow gender lines like i'm the diabetic and i'm always complaining about this and that like I, you know, oh, my back is out. Oh, I got this. Oh, I got that. Like, I'm, I'm the, the creaky old man. She has had nothing physically wrong. Like, she, you know, she was running around a couple weeks after the kids were born doing all sorts of stuff. She's the one who was uh, in labor and, uh, and moving boxes on our moving day. Like, our, our second son was born on our moving day. And 
she was having labor pains, continued to move boxes, and then the baby was born 43 minutes later. So somewhere in the middle of this whole thing, when some of the side effects were just yucky or gross or uncomfortable, and I got just a just a shadow of a sense that, wow, she's really not happy. You know what I mean? Like, she's really depressed about this. This sucks. Man, that really hit me. That would, that just, uh, when the strong one is not kicking ass, uh, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to wash and all you want to do is take it away. You just want to say, all right, I will, I will handle that one. I'll handle that side effect today. I'll be the one that pees blood today or whatever. Just because, you know, you're the strong one. You shouldn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. The uh, first or third thing I said to you was, I would do much better with this. Like, I want it. Just give Mm -hmm. it to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what the equivalent of cervical cancer for men is, ball cancer, right? I just would rather be the one that had it. Yeah. Because yeah. I would just go and I'd get it cut out or whatever it was, and I would, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Well. Because I've already got the diabetes thing, and I've got the pump, and it's already like a m- mortality thing. I guess what mm. I'm saying is it's already, there's a mortality there. Well. So yeah. I feel like I wish I could just be the one that had this because I've already got the mortality thing. So now we both do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of the things that really chummed it out for me last night when you in bed, you said, I don't want to be a cancer survivor, like that label. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, actually, you do. Actually, speaking of being lied about, did I ever tell you about this guy? There's a guy online. I don't know the guy. His name is Drew. Drew. And he had cancer. He's a random guy on the Internet. Okay. And he started a meme. You know what a meme is? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and it spread, and the, the meme was, blame Drew's cancer. So you'd type something, and then you'd say hashtag, which is the pound sign, mm-hmm. blame Drew's cancer. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, you know, oh, man, my iPhone battery died. Yeah, I see. Blame Drew's Damn it, cancer. Drew's cancer. <laughs> right. Okay. So, and this, like, for a while, this was like a thing. Like, while he was fully on beating mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. Uh, blame Drew, everyone was blaming Drew's cancer. For, you know, TV <laughs> yeah. remote control. Overslept. Overslept. Yeah, exactly. Drew's cancer. Mm. And now there's actually a... Uh, Wait, I, what happened to Drew, though? Oh, I think he's cool. He's okay. fine. Because that's, that's the Maybe other... to make the, me Google him to make sure the, he's fine. The, that's the other side, right? Because that's again, the thing. Yeah. yeah. We, what happened to Drew? We've got we to care about Drew, you know? The, yeah. other, the other cancer-related thing that's going on online mm. was there's a woman named... Uh, I think her name is pronounced, pronounced Jenny. Uh, X-E-N-I. Mm. Jenny uh, Jardin, and she uh, works on a website called Boing Boing. It's mm. a it's a link blog of wonderful things, and Jenny Jardin went out to tell people about breast cancer. Like you, you, you predicated this whole thing on you need pay people who are listening go and get your checkups. Mm-hmm. Men mm-hmm. get your colorectal yeah. screening. Yeah, save your lives for your, yourselves for your families. Your, so she says, "Oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to live tweet." live blog my breast cancer screening mm-hmm. so she went to get a breast cancer screening mm-hmm. and was told she has breast cancer mm-hmm. at the screening to sum it all up to sum up like all of our feelings mm-hmm. in one 
Oh, crap. So you had a PET scan. Hey, dear, how's it going? So you had a PET scan. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the PET scan involves what? Um, so I was given some kind of a, a radioactive glucose beverage. I took that and then they... Beverage? You drank it or they put it in your veins? Oh, and then, I didn't drink it. Yeah, they put it in, my, in an IV. So you take that and then you lie still for um, an hour. No movement whatsoever. So I had visions of like taking my books and studying or texting you or whatever. You know, no, can't can't move your muscles at all because if it's you like do, flat on your back, coffin style. Line, and then they turn the lights off, kind of, and just just take a nap for an hour. And then after that, um, you go under the the big machine. The, the pet- so they're doing that to make sure that the radioactive glucose gets picked up by whatever wants it. Right. You're not moving. If you did like, I don't know, bicep exercises, presumably your biceps would light up. Right, it would distribute. Again, we're not doctors, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, well, we're people with a podcast, though. There's that, <laughs> right? No, but they're 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 checking for right. the what is it that's going to suck it up? It's called mm-hmm. the uptake, right? So if you do, if you move not at all, stuff that wants the glucose will take the glucose, right? So the uptake will be a true representation of what's happening in the body. Mm-hmm. And did you move after? Because the doctor's not here, you can tell me. Yeah, no, I did not move. Okay. I mean, as long as you, you didn't like, like, this. like flip your pinky real, like nervously no. and it like, you know, it glows. No, I, I didn't. Um, well, that's good she for just you. left me there. She said, are you warm enough? I said, more blankets, please. I got extra blankets and I tried to sleep as best I could. It was mm, that's something. Yeah. That's yeah. something. Okay, yeah. cool. So then we waited a couple of weeks and the results came back as a reading. Like give you like a reading of the, yeah, of hardly, the pet scan. hardly a couple of weeks. I think was it, it a couple weeks? It was, a week? avail- it was the next day. It was available. Is so, it really? <laughs> so hard. Yeah. I thought it was a I, week. I didn't pick it up until oh, later. It was available. Okay. Yeah, so we, we went and picked it up. How come yes. we didn't rush there like the next day? How come we didn't frantically rush? Life, kids, right? The reality of everything. Cancer is not a motivator? It's a motivator, but, you know, kids want to eat, it turns out. And they want to yeah. be picked up from Touché. school and Touché. all this stuff. So, okay, yeah. so you picked it up. Yep. Um, and <laughs> and this is a warning to the people that, you know, they tell you this, you've got to wait for a professional to help you understand this thing because you don't know what you're looking at. So that's worth noting. Cause you actually are technically supposed to pick it up. You just called them and said, I'd like a copy, yeah. which is unusual. People don't do that. We've talked about this before yeah. on previous recordings. We want the copy. Like I had an MRI once and I was like, I want the CD, you know? Exactly. exactly. No, and they're like, nobody asked for that. Yeah. And then we're, we're pretty anal that way. But again, if you're pleasant to, to the staff, yeah, yeah. they'll be pleasant right back. So it was no problem to get it, got it, came home and then tried to read it. And we're like, well, what are we looking at here? <laughs> Dr. So, Google. That's right. Dr. Google. So, um, uh, and for the most part, it was fine. It, it the, the PET scan was fine. I think it showed one of the most interesting things was that my brain was stunningly unremarkable. Stunningly unremarkable yeah so which we had not expected that's right we expected it to be pretty remarkable we're shocked you really thought that they'd be like nurse give me my sketch pad <laughs> he has a new brain no so yeah your brain was unremarkable brain was unremarkable um and as far as the the cancer was concerned i think there were only two things that popped up so the first thing was there was some kind of fluid um uh in in my uh what's the technical term for it what do they call it lady bits no not the lady bits, the uterus. I guess that is the lady bit. But when you say lady bits, it sounds <laughs> the, so exotic. The, the Midlands. The Midlands. <laughs> um, and like radioactive fluid, like it up, it, there was uptake. It absorbed the glucose. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, there was fluid there that was odd. Should not quite have been there. Not sure what the story was with that. Mm-hmm. But my oncologist was like, yeah, mm, you know, 
But they're taking that. So they're going to take that out, though. Like we talked to the doctor. The doctor is going to remove everything. And then, uh, but then they say that there's something on the ovary. So you call the doctor. Hey, what's the deal with this? Doctor says, well, we'll yank that too. That was not on the plan. And you're not, you're not up with the, you're not down with the taking of the ovaries. Yeah, no. You're um, not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. I had a very definite emotional reaction to that. Not so much to that, don't take the ovary. It's what defines me as a woman kind of thing. No, it was less that and more to do with if you pull these ovaries before I hit menopause, you are triggering premature menopause and the consequences that go with that. And it's like, that's well, not pretty that's if stuff. they pull both of them. That's if they pull both of them. So I, I didn't know that. I don't know if you knew that, but I know for a fact, I didn't know that you could be functional with just one ovary. It would compensate and sure. do the job. Well, as I understand it, you can be functional with one anything. Well, no, again, seriously, that's two, why the, two eyes are better than one. True, you know, so, true. I mean, you know. I don't know if your ovaries have would have depth perception anymore, <laughs> but presumably, <laughs> yes, they would still be functional. Two, uh, you know, you got two eyes, two lungs, two two kidneys. Yeah, redundancy. Four or five good. livers. I don't know how many. <laughs> I have never taken a class. No, but the point is that there's two. So my perspective as a man was like, all right, yank that, got an extra. Yeah. You weren't you weren't appreciating that, I, I, and 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 me. I was pretty much a hell no, um, justified to me. Give me a logical reason for this, and he said basically, well, you know, <laughs> very very casually, right? You got two, exactly. I mean, his whole thing was this is not a big deal. This is there was nothing in the PET scan that was a mm -hmm. deal breaker or a shocker, and I'm sitting there devastated. I'm like, what are you talking about? This changes everything for me. So mm -hmm. it was very interesting to to experience the medical profession um, at work again and kind of see. He definitely was a very calm individual, very mellow. I wasn't flipping out or anything or having a fit, but I, I was pushing back, you know, and saying, I want to make sure that I understand why you would even recommend that. And he basically said, again, it's just you're taking a chance. Well, how does it's that impugn the entire medical profession? It seems like logic and common sense to me. Yeah, it does. But you're taking out an organ that still provides value on the chance that it might be. And let me back up a little bit. Part of my initial um, misunderstanding of the situation was I thought they were saying the ovary was cancerous. Okay, so well, they're I, saying that they don't know if it's cancerous and they won't know until they cut you open. Yeah, not quite saying that. Um, so basically, uh, after I talked to him the second time, he said, no, we're not saying that it's cancer necessarily. We're saying there's something on it that could be some kind of a fibroid that could be, we don't know what it is. There is something on it. I see. Uh, the ovaries have stuff on them all the time, he said. So there's many people well, that like have stickers stuff, or what? I mean, stickers, growths, projections, whatever. Okay. Right? Um, they can be just harmless. Yeah, but and, take and, no and, chances because ovarian you can, cancer you don't mess with. And you can live with them and you can be fine. So I want to make sure you're understanding that the fact that there's a growth on it doesn't mean it's cancerous. You can have a growth and need no, to have a hysterectomy I, I without cancer. Sure. But so, he still said, I don't want to take any chances that it didn't hop ship into like, you know, another whole kind of cancer. Yeah. Which he said there was a 2% chance. So of. We, we talked about that. I said, well, walk me through the numbers. What are the odds that my cervical cancer can suddenly become ovarian cancer? And once, once we cross that line of ovarian cancer, again, this is before mm -hmm. we understood quite what he was saying. Uh, okay. Know, so, so you're cool with them yanking the lymph nodes. So then I said, yank the ovary. You said no. We arm wrestled for it. I believe my I exact lost. words were, hell no. Yeah. But, Thank you, know. you for swearing on my show. <laughs> yes. Um, so I said, the I said no. Down and the listeners hiss and boo, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's listening to this. Okay. So <laughs> what did you eventually decide? Well, okay. I mean, I love the way you're saying, what did you decide? I thought we After you ignored decided. my suggestion, what did you ultimately decide? <laughs> yeah, after I ignored Oh, let me rephrase. We decided. What, what, let me rephrase. What did you decide and I agreed to to say that we decided? Yes, exactly. 
So you're going to find out that when you wake up and that's going to suck. It, it's it's going to suck if he yanked it. But again, if he yanked it, my thing is I want to make sure you hear me on this doctor that I don't want it taken out unless if it's compromised. And if it is, then sure, take it. And he said, I understand. Got it. So you're cool with that. So it, ultimately, I mean, we, we talked to a friend of ours who's um, a doctor and he basically said it, it does come down to trust. You're going to have to trust that this mm-hmm. individual knows what they're doing. It is very hard for me. I've only met this oncologist three times, right? The first time was the initial, okay, you've been referred to me, you've got cancer. The second time we're going to meet him is pre-op. He was super right? nice, though. He was super nice. But- and we checked him online. We went through all of the like, no, we like, because this is the thing I think people don't do enough of is we didn't just Google a guy, but we got his, we looked at the Oregon Medical Board to see if he's got any judgments against him and to see, mm-hmm. you know, if he has any lawsuits pending and we did all that stuff. He's clean. This guy's cool. Again, got a, got a it, great head of hair. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I'm consideration when you're choosing your own car. Well, is, you know, he looked he exactly like the picture. No, but yeah. he's clean. He yeah, appears but, to but, be clean. But but again, I mean, and he he was very nice. He was very pleasant. But let me be clear, I am entrusting my life and apparently my ovaries to somebody that I've only met by the time he goes in to cut me up. What does that mean? You want to have dinner with him a couple times. of times? I mean, like, yeah, I want to. You want to be like you. a family friend. I want to know friend. your values. I want to know who you know what I mean. So his value. He's only eight people in Oregon that could do this operation in Portland. Yeah, probably, but whatever. You know, I mean, that's that's a part that I'm saying. It is hard, and it's true right. that well, he medical, probably trained most of them. He probably did, and I know that the medical system would you know sort of grind to a halt if. Every time a doctor would have <laughs> they came surgery, over for dinner. they came over for dinner first, you know, and we're like, okay, so I, I, are you thrilled? Do I meet this? Right, standard? right. But, but who are you voting but, for? But to be clear, you know, it is trusting somebody that you don't know very well um, with a pretty significant part. The consequences for me and my body thereafter mm. are pretty major. So um, that's interesting. You know, we did the best we could, right? To the extent that he said, I hear you. I yeah. will do the best I can to protect it if it can be saved. And I said, great. If it can be saved, save it. If it cannot, mm-hmm. yank it. Okay. I saw this movie called The Beginners with Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. And Christopher Plummer has cancer and he's totally in denial deeply and profoundly into that. Like he's having parties and he's walking around the parties and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to kick this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, feeling much better. You know, I, it's, I'm turning the corner on this. He keeps saying that. I've turned the corner on this. And his son, his adult son pulls him aside and he's like, dad, there's, there is no stage five. Like it stops at four. And he's like, why are you telling people that you're going to be Okay. Because he's preparing for his dad's death. And Christopher Plummer like looks him in the eye and says, No, no, no. It just means that it's going through these stages. One, two, three, four. It's going through the stages. And there's this pause. And it's like, You know, what do you, like, what, what do you do with that? You just, so you just let him have his, he just let him have his denial, and that's exactly what he did. In um, in Zimbabwe, they have this saying, uh, "Cry with the crying," and like if someone dies, they'll everyone will go over to their house and they'll like they'll wail, and all the aunties will come over and they'll just sit and they'll cry with you and they'll wail. 
and I've been to a couple of these things, and it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty not what I do. It's pretty not what is done here. And I got into trouble with this because um, Mo had this uh, had this catheter for many for a long time. It was not the two or three days that they said it would be. It was like months. And each week we would go in for this test to see if she could have the catheter removed. And uh, she said, just sit here and shut up and support me. And then we go and we get to do the test. And she's sitting there and we're seeing if the test is, is, uh, is going well or not. And she says, don't say anything. And I said, okay, so how, how, how is this supposed to go? Is this the, and she's like, shut up. And then I was like, okay, okay, so say nothing. I'm not supposed to say anything at all right now. She says, yes, don't talk. Okay, I can do that. I can be quiet. Um, okay, so hang on. So what does the success look like here? She's like, you better shut up. <laughs> and she ended up kicking me out of the room. She's like, you you need to you need to be here to back me up and stop trying to fix this. And um, I always get into trouble with this cry with a crying thing. It's like all she was telling me to do was to sit there and be sad. And all I could think of was I need to fix this. I need to, whatever is wrong, whether it be the cancer or this particular test or whatever. It's like all right. <laughs> let's make a Trello board. You know, let's get me a board and a white, and a, you know, give me a whiteboard and some dry erase markers and let's fix this. And all they want me to do is, is cry with the crying. So she wants me to cry with the crying, to sit with her and the other ladies and, and wail. So then they try to apply the same rules t- to me where are you okay? Well, can I come over? Can I can I can I do something? And I'm thinking about practical things. Well, you know, you could bring movies or you could bring food like, you know, where's how about some casserole then I don't have to cook. And uh and the, no 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 no, what what do you, what do you need? It's like, well, I don't I don't need a hug. I could use some dinner. You know? <laughs> It's 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 totally I don't know if it's men and women or geeks and normals or Zimbabweans and Americans but I just want it fixed now How are you going to manage with me in the hospital for what Again, two nights? This is not nights. a big deal. You went to well, Africa. To this. You went to Africa yes. last year for a month. I was fine. The children survived. All digits and um, extremities accounted for. Everyone had fun. I'm actually a better cook than you are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been you know I've been practicing. I've cooked three, four days this week. I mean, we take turns. We're a team. Some days you cook all week long. Some days I cook once, you know. <laughs> no, but the kids will be fine. I mean, why do you think it's a big deal? I mean, the only thing that will probably go bad will be laundry. 
And that's only because I just don't like laundry. <laughs> but as far as house maintenance and all, you know, any, any light bulbs that might potentially burn out, handled. I, no yeah, problem. Yeah. I see, I see a difference between, okay, mommy's on vacation, kids, it's okay, and this, which we're not going to tell them ahead of time. We'll tell them no, after. No, we'll tell them after the fact. Uh, you but know, you'll so be upstairs they, asleep. So that they know not to jump on me. Yeah, but, you'll be upstairs asleep, and I'll be but, doing stuff. It'll be fine. But, but if I may, I mean, think about how are you going to manage the, okay, Got to pick up the kids, got to see them in the hospital, got to, you know, make dinner for the kids, got to check and make sure it's wet sure. now, coats are dried. That's so crazy. The, the, if only I had experience in managing multiple projects. See what I did right there? See how I turned that around? Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 20 years. It's scheduling and management and tasks. And, I will, and, make, and a, I will, I will make a scrum board. here that, that projects and little kids are not always the same thing. Because uh, yeah, I understand. the human dynamic, one of them could get sick. One and hurting, fall, one hurting programmers is very similar. The only difference <laughs> yeah. is I'll be picking these programmers up from preschool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, anyway. See how flippant that sounds? That sounds so dismissive. Because you see how dismissive it is to imply that I can't run a household for two weeks? You are you not do. letting other people get in to help you. And I call for help. I mean, when you're gone for 10 days, that's when you go overseas. The every, twice I've been gone the, for 10 days. The twice a yes, year dear. that you do this well, once okay. in a while. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, a couple times. This. Yeah, a little bit. A couple times a year. Right? Sure, that's, all right, I'll give you that. That's non-zero, right? All right, it's, yeah. <laughs> There's no shame in saying, hey. Yeah, you're doing like, talking like a programmer now. That's non-zero, right? <laughs> That's less than or greater than... You've worn me yeah. down over I'm just the years. saying, you're starting to talk my language. I appreciate oh, that. Geez. Pretty soon it'll be just Boolean People that used to know me will be like, who is this woman now? What, what is he done to her? But <laughs> anyway, I, I will state my point again, which is it is a great a graciousness. Um, it does take some skill to accept the help that is offered because it gives the people who are hurting... Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. they're worried about their sister, their friend, their cousin, right. their daughter-in-law. I will ask them to vacuum. An opportunity to feel like, hey, I got to do something. Okay, you know? I will make sure you that each person. And hoard do you understand that each? I don't need anyone's help, but if what I'll do is I'll give each person a task. How's that? Is that a deal? Each person will it's get a task. It's going to be great that this is going to be heard after the fact. No, I don't, uh, I don't know that your they'll, sister will they'll listen like to feel this. Managed, yeah. you know. But my my, sister, my point is that I'm a perfectly competent adult. Truly, if I need help, I'll ask. I might need help picking somebody up if there's some juggling. Certainly, food is always appreciated. I mean, if I don't have yeah. to cook, that's great. That's an hour just, out of my just day. Just, just saying. I'm cool with that. No shame I just want to understand that hey. this whole kind of, I just want to make sure that you understand that this image of like Mr. Mom, you know, just like covered in cornstarch and the house is paint spilled and, you know, and I'm just spinning in the middle with like the house is spinning and I'm screaming and the children are running around hitting each other with sticks. It just doesn't happen. Well, it does. It just doesn't happen often or always. Right. It's just not going to happen to me. Mm. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. If you just stay in the bed, right, the biggest part is going to be when you try to get up. And then I'm going to yell at you and say, get in bed. Well, I, actually, I'm, I'm more worried about when I'm in the hospital because then you're, you're be there split. for a couple of days, right? Yeah, but you, you're, you're split in two. You can't yeah, be there. I'll come and see here. you. Right. But where are the kids? You can't bring the kids when you come see me. Why not? I don't think that they're allowed in there. Oh, I'll sneak them in. I'm I, sure that they'll be allowed to see mommy when you're not in like ICU or whatever. You'll be out in a regular room and they'll come see you. We'll Purell the whole place. I'll douse them nah. in Purell. It'll be fine. <laughs> They won't sneeze directly into the wound. It'll be fine. And, and, and I don't know that I necessarily want them seeing me in the hospital either. I don't want them to have anxiety. When you are gone, one of the things that I try to do... Anyway, 
This is altogether. This is a another. really. This is a whole other show. Yeah. Dude, people go to the hospital. Sometimes they come out. Sometimes they don't. But in this case, we are ninety nine point five percent sure you'll come out. And after the surgery, you're not going to not come out. Like you're not going to. Once you're up and awake and the surgery's occurred, you're not going to die. At least not that day or the not day after day, or the yes. day after. No, I'm totally serious. This is how I look at it. Mm-hmm. So those are the days to bring the kid. Look. Mommy went to the hospital. The doctor helped her. Mommy's feeling much better. Let's bring mommy home. That's positive hospital reinforcement. Trying to fake that mommy had a paper cut and she's going to stay in the hospital overnight. And then all that. That's, that's not, hey, the hey. kids can handle more than you think they can. And, and, and I'm sure that they can, but I disagree with all that, that idea of telling them before <laughs> I go. We they, tell them before they, you go that you have an owie and that they're going to get the owie looked at and you might stay overnight and you'll be fine and we'll pick and, you up and the next I day. And I totally disagree with that because well, I, knowing our kids, I have seen them. Well, you know, if it's no, a couple man, of days, trust me, fine. Trust me. We've, every time we've said in the past that so-and-so can't, you know, the big one can't handle this, I've managed it and I've been right. And you've complimented me afterwards. Yes. Because if ever there was a child on this planet that was m- me, except not me, it's the six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Seriously, have you not been regularly surprised how what a head child this is i have indeed trust me i, I know indeed. this kid but I don't, backwards and I don't, forwards i don't want him having nightmares no, or not sleeping trust well trust me trust me. let's try it seriously it'll be fine how was he when i went to the hospital i was there overnight did you, what did you know what did you tell him he you didn't just, know. Is it work? You, you just took off right remember well you took off and you said i'm going to the i'm going to the er and the next thing i knew you were driving yourself to the other hospital <laughs> being scheduled for surgery yeah. i barely managed to good see times, you. Good go. times. Yeah, exactly. oh the fun we've had oh the fun we've had yeah so anyway somewhere between telling the children nothing which is clearly what you want to do, and me including them in the surgery itself. That's right. And we will so, find out. So what is that? Is that the ovary doctor? Yeah, exactly. Right. Can I, can I, a little more light here. Can, yes, I, can yes. I get a sponge? The six-year-old's like, what is that? Yes, what suction. Um, I think that we'll find a balance. We will. Find I don't want to pull the wool over their eyes and tell them that people don't go to the hospital. Right? Remember the time we got the blood draw in, in, in the six-year-old's arm? And I talked him completely out of a total panic attack, and he sat there, and he went, bam, and he had a Right. Shot right in the arm. Right. You didn't think that was going to happen. You were like, there's no way. Right. I think that he's a very strong little dude. And we can find a way to present this in a six-year-old appropriate way, in an age-appropriate way. They are way. young. Yeah. I They're a young the six. that you're like, well, you know, it's, it's, so I worry about the presentation because I don't want them well, having Well, there won't anxiety. be a PowerPoint. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm telling you. Thank goodness for that small gift. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> There'll be some animations. I will present it to him. Slowly, but I mean, the idea that mommy's got a procedure, we just use that word instead of surgery, you know, she'll be overnight, we'll bring her flowers and they can think about flowers and, and, and teddy bears and things that they can bring you. But you just made a whole speech to me about how you think people need to reach out. Well, mommy's going to be in, in, in an issue and have an issue. What can they do? Don't take power away from the children. What can they do to help? I'm they can make you cards. When they I can get make... back home. Not what am I, where am I going to tell them you are for two days? Oh, we can find any number of things. I, mean, I don't want to tell them that you're at like the Holiday Inn or something like that. That's even weirder. Why is it weirder? I mean, I visit my friends all the time. I bet I, you, I, I could get. I time. bet you, I could get the boys to the point where they'll be like, "All right, good luck at the hospital, mommy. We'll see you tomorrow." Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I do believe that. Yeah. yeah you know what? All right. That doesn't mean I'm on board, no? of course. Fist bump. So we're going to be fighting this for another for two weeks to figure it out. That's good. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. This has been another episode of Moe's Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> what do we-
you going to This is like, this is turning into car talk, but except with, you know, it's that, like cancer, cancer talent, talk you know? with Scott and Mo, except we don't have the puzzler. Yeah, did, did you tell your listeners, the two listeners, hi, sister, because my sister is the other Your listener, sister is the only other person your dad, listening. Your dad and my sister are the only two people listening to this. That yeah, we, maybe Rob we, we Connery will listen to this. Fred, the cancer. Yes, I don't know why you named it Fred. You were the one that chose the name Fred. Did I say Fred? You said Fred. You wanted a code name that we could call it in front of the kids, so they think that there's a person named Fred now. Yeah, which they haven't caught on to Fred, but anyway, yeah. You're, you with the code names. I mean the code names. Yeah. We're on a walk here, on a brisk walk, trying to uh, get a little exercise in. What's your, uh, what's your mood like? Uh, rough day today. Rough day, my friend. Are you, uh, are you saying that you're, you're sad? Is this the lowest, lowest point or one of the low points? I think so. Um, it hasn't really been one of those, you know, how some people have a, 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 an illness and it's a good days, bad days type thing. We haven't really had that because it's been very good days all along. But today was a particularly trying day, I think. So, yeah, one of, one of the low points, I'd say. Yeah, there's a lot of. Like we saw people, we were at the at the cancer doctor today, and uh, we were doing some tests, and there were a bunch of people that were having their chemo. I felt like when we accidentally, we took a wrong turn when we were walking in the lobby, and then we turned into the chemo thing, and I felt, oh no, we, are, we shouldn't be here, because we're not doing chemo right now, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, oh wow, this is where the really sick people are. Did you feel that at all when we turned that wrong turn? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a real strong sense of there, but for the grace of God, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I'm thankful that that's not a door that we have to open um, and go do, go down. So, yeah, yeah, very, very painful to watch. But you've had, um, you know, other stuff go wrong. Like, it's been how many weeks now since the surgery? Five weeks? Five weeks, yeah. And there's been some complications that have been unexpected, I would say. Some not so glamorous. Yep. Is that is that the thing that keeps you down the most? Well, it's it's the prolonged nature of it all. I think the expectation was, you know, after two weeks I'd be feeling great, or after four weeks, or whatever. So when expectation doesn't meet reality, it's hard to still stay positive and still kind of be like, "Woo! We kicked this thing in the behind." Does it seem like we're looking at months now before you feel? yourself than instead of weeks i mean was it unreasonable to think this would be awesome in two weeks it probably was you know they always say six weeks minimum type of thing but uh, i was feeling so much better and getting stronger every day two yeah. weeks did not seem like it was that much of a stretch so yeah kind of a plateau right now i think a plateau exactly yeah So it's not quite Christmas, and uh, you do not seem very happy, dear. No, no. Rough week, I'd say. It's, it's been a very biological week. If that's a way, is that a way to say it? It's very biological. It's been a lot of fluids, I feel. The body is 
uh, just makes a lot of stuff. We're just kind of, I said this once, that we're just kind of meat sacks under pressure. And uh, this has just been not the best week for you. I figured that once you had the surgery, the biggest deal would be you being able to lift stuff, right? And like, you know, the incisions and the, the, the going into the abdomen and pulling stuff out seemed very traumatic. But that seems like this, that's the smallest problem this last couple of weeks. Well, I don't know if I'd say the smallest problem, but certainly not the the most vocal. Um, I mean, I, I suppose if I had to give a label to this this session, I'd call it the underbelly of cancer, the stuff that nobody wants to show you or talk to you about, you know. it's It's been, yeah, biological week is a good way of putting it. Well, and, you know, since it is the underbelly, I mean, as as the husband, I'm not just wringing my hands and being sad and asking you if you're okay and bringing you tea. But this week has found me, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been a week of, of changing your catheter and it's been a week of, uh, hey, do you want to take this for constipation? You know, how are we going to take this? Uh, do I put it in or do you put it in? It's been a week of stopping up fluid and blood and, uh, you know, that's love right there, man. I don't know. Do you feel loved or do you just feel kind of moist? <laughs> Do you feel loved or do you feel moist? Wow, make a t-shirt, somebody. Well, and, and you, since since the surgery, you've been catheterized, which is uncomfortable and gross. But then, day before yesterday, uh, in the middle of the night, you kind of woke up and you're like, oh, I'm all wet. So, I, it's like four in the morning and I jump out of bed and I'm like, oh man, you know, she's she's leaked and she's peed the bed or whatever. But it didn't smell like pee. And then I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And you completely soaked the bed in this in this weird yellow stuff that wasn't pee. And it was your incisions leaking. Not pus, but leaking something else. So I was freaking out. I mean, once we sopped it up, I was like, this is like a liter of fluid. That was gross and totally unknown. Because it's like, you know, you spend your whole life knowing what fluids come out of which holes. And then there's these new holes that appear, like five of them, right? Which we do not have ordinarily. You know, belly button and side and, you know, all these holes. And then fluid's coming out of them. And it's like, wait a second, I've never seen that before. You know, you smell it. And it's like, well, it's not that thing. And not, not. I've lived 40 years and I've never seen anything like it. And the, the, the volume. I was concerned that you were leaking something important. Right. Um, and of course, these things never happen, you know, at 10 a.m. in the morning when you can call the doctor and say, hey, doc, this is what's going on. Yep. So, again, the background here is I had some lymph nodes removed um, and I had, I think, about 20 of them that were taken. And my body, I think, was somehow just expecting them to come back. And instead of processing the fluid, as it usually does, it was like, no, we're going to hold on to this. Well, um, the, the, you know, so the stomach... I, didn't feel particularly distended. I mean, you'd mentioned a couple of times, you're like, wow, you look, you look a little bloated. I didn't feel bad. It didn't hurt. Um, and then, yeah, but, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, I wake up and it was just surreal. Um, there was warm fluid coming out of my body. I mean, I literally opened my eyes and I was like, there is warm fluid coming out of the, one of the incisions. This is not okay. I thought it was And it was, blood. it was coming out fast. It was like someone popped, like, you know, stuck a hole in the bottom of a beer can and you just started emptying out like they'd popped a water balloon 
Yeah, so, you know, obviously I wake you up in a panic. I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. And you jump up out of bed and it's like, okay, so we take a look and, you know, it's kind of comical because you're like, where's the blood? I'm like, it's right there. Then I'm looking and it's like, oh, wait, the right. thing that's coming out right. is not blood. It's like, and then I'm like, oh, it's pee, it's pee. And then we're like, no, it's not pee, you know, because it's, it's coming out of the side of my abdomen. So it's, you no, know, it's not pee. So then it's like, well, what is it? You know, so four o'clock in the morning, we're Googling this <laughs> we're thing and Googling. we're yeah. Googling. It doesn't smell. Yeah, exactly. You've got this. It's actually pretty clear. It's not really yellow. It's a clear fluid that's yeah. so you're just like okay so what is that well lo and behold i've developed something called a seroma and basically that's just the body retaining fluid because it's confused and it's the transport mechanism those lymph nodes are, are gone right and that's frustrating right because it's you know four o'clock in the morning and i'm thinking i'm saying to you put a band-aid on put a band-aid on and so you put a band-aid and three seconds later this yeah. band-aid is leaking and it doesn't i'm not getting it i'm like right. put another one on did you put that one on the right. right way and by the fourth one we're like oh wait the band-aids are too small for right. this problem because it's coming out too fast well duh okay do we have um what did we what did because we well i'm thinking because i know how to like stop bleeding right put pressure on it but with this here pressure on it was causing it to come out faster well the incision yeah and it hurts, right? You can't, I mean, I had something removed from that hole, so you can't push on that. That hurts, you know? And it, But it, it was, who has gauze, for heaven's sake? You know, we have little kids, so we have Band-Aids up the wazoo, but they were ineffective. And so, Well, and we've been changing this thing all week, and it's been not one gauze a day. And by, by, this is like the gauze the size of an iPad, right? This is a giant piece of gauze. And we're going through four a day, five a day, and it's still soaking. Yeah, and it's still soaking. And not only that, but when you to tape the gauze to my skin, hurts. That tape, nobody tells you that the tape, the, it, it's painful when you pull it off. I don't know. I mean, and Scott's sitting here rolling his eyes as a diabetic, but truly. So we, we tape the gauze four sides, you know, and when we pull it off, and Scott's like, oh, man up, you know, and just yank it off. And I'm like, ow, ow, the whole time, you know. So yeah, Well, I, I just think it's funny that the, your takeaway from, from cancer is that the gauze is really sticky and hurts your skin. That's you know, like the smallest of the problems here, don't you think? No, because it's yet another irritation. So now I'm, I'm leaking on the side, and I've got a catheter, and I've got this thing that when I try to change it, hurts. It, it's not comfortable. It's not, a, it's not a small thing. It's yet another irritant on top of what is already a frustrating time. It's hard to maintain all these three, four things that you've got going on. So that's just, as, I, as you said so well, I mean, this has just been the week of frustrations and just... I think I I would say I'm normally an upbeat, positive person. I'm like, you know, we got it. We did well. You know, the pathology came back and was phenomenal. It's like, yay, go Mo. No, man, this has been a rough week. Hard to be positive. Hard to stay on top of. It'll pass. It is almost New Year's, and you look better. Your color's better. You seem to be moving better. You were lifting groceries a couple days ago. Do you feel better as we approach the New Year? <laughs> I'm chuckling over my color's better. I don't know. How can you tell, right? Well, yeah, you, you've, become, you've gone from a chestnut brown to a chocolatey brown, but yes. Yeah. You, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you're, there was a pallor before, and I think that you were, you were getting pretty thin and you were moving pretty slow and you were shuffling around the house in slippers and now you're you're shuffling around the house just with the regular scowl that we're all used to yeah no i'm feeling a lot better for sure definitely feeling better it's awesome did feeling better sneak up on you or did it happen slowly um you know i, I don't know i'd have to say that it, it 
as, as each of the little things that were irritating and frustrating the last time we talked were went away or resolved themselves, I couldn't help but feel better. And then you feel better in small increments and then you wake up one day and it's like, whoa, I can bend over and I don't feel anything. I can put my feet, my shoes on and, you know, all this stuff that was so painful or so in, uncomfortable before. Suddenly it's back to being a no-brainer. And I'm so thankful for that. Really, I am. Yeah, a couple, I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it would be a month ago. I, w- I mean, I was putting your shoes on every day and I was putting your socks on every day and I was changing your catheter every day. But then there, then I wasn't and I didn't have to put your shoes on and then I didn't have to get the groceries. But I would help with the groceries anyway because I'm that kind of guy. No, but you know, I'm just saying that, that I remember there was a week when I was just, you know, you couldn't get out of bed without me bracing you or helping you out of bed. There was a stool that we put by the bed for you to get out. And then I didn't, you didn't like declare, you know, get rid of the stool. I don't need it anymore. It just wasn't there anymore. You know what I mean? It's almost like day by day, little improvements happen and you don't notice them. And then you look back over the week and it changes. It's like when you, when you don't see your niece or nephew and you go, they've grown so big. And the parents are like, have they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Little improvements day by day, incremental. And then you wake up one day and they amount to something and it just, it feels so good. I mean, the, the mental, the psychological, value of feeling good I, I cannot overstress that i mean i just feel so much better my body's better so my mind is better too um and i'm thankful for that yeah so now we we were we were day by day sometimes and even for a while there we were hour by hour in the sense of we were thinking about stuff every hour there was maintenance there were pills every hour there was dressing changes every hour there was fluid leaking changes every hour and then every four hours and then every day now I feel like we've we're going from this kind of minute by minute. We were like, we were literally counting like, okay, she can take a pill here and then wait four hours, then this pill, and then switch to that pill after six hours. And we're trying to figure out how to chop the day up into these hour by hour pieces. And now I feel like we're we're thinking about okay, well, you have to go to the doctor every three months for the next two years, and then that'll be our unit. Like our unit of cancer has gone from hours to days to weeks to three months. And then we want to hit two years with no cancer and then five years. And then we make t-shirts at five years. To your credit, I mean, you don't know when you marry somebody how phenomenal they're going to be, but you have been by my side. I mean, literally holding my hand in some cases um, for us, effectively, this harrowing, scary, huge, phenomenal, crazy journey. Um, it's not over because we're still going to be doing it, but the scary parts are there's no continual treatment at this point in time, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. I cannot stress enough um, to anybody listening out there who's going on this journey, if you can find that support structure, get that structure because it's going to make such a difference in your healing and your ability to cope on those days when you are down, and there'll be those days. Surprisingly, I don't know why I was so taken aback, but I was that there were those days, but what a difference it makes, you know. So to you, Scott, my husband, to my mom, to my sister over here, and to to, to other family, other sisters and other cousins and friends that have reached out, I I cannot put it into words. Really, it makes a difference. And um, heaven forbid this should ever happen to anybody else out there, but you probably know that it will. I, I hope you have the support that I had.
And again, a big thank you to the folks at Code Rush for Visual Studio for helping support this developer's life. Code Rush has the fastest rename, the fastest find-all references, fastest test runner. When it comes to creating, modifying, and refactoring code, nothing's faster than Code Rush. It's been on my ultimate power tools list since forever. Get Code Rush. You'll be glad you did. Check them out at devexpress.com slash Code Rush. We appreciate their support. 